0: Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone tap iPhone.
1: Welcome to another DTNS Labs interview edition. I'm Tom Merritt and joining me again, it's good to have Jack Conti from Patreon back. How's it going, Jack? What's
2: up, Tom? I'm doing great.
1: Uh, you know, people who have been listening to this podcast for three months or so may re- remember we talked to Jack <laughs> just three months ago about Patreon. Uh, but in the course of that conversation, we kind of started to touch on topics related to just how the internet works, and we didn't have time at the mo- at the moment. So consider this part two, where we talk about things about generally how the internet works, how it used to work, where it's going. Uh, it, it, that sounds about right, right?
2: That's that's right on.
1: Well, I want to start with the premise that uh, the internet used to be a subculture of its own, and there's always been subcultures within the internet, but the internet always felt like, oh, us on the internet, we have memes, we have bands we like, we have different things, and the internet has now become massively adopted everybody uses the internet there's no more of this like what is the World Wide web uh everybody uses it and as it has gone from being a subculture it stopped having the advantages that you have of being a subculture and it has started having the problems you have as mass adoption uh, had what, what do you think of that premise
2: yeah i that um i guess that feels really right on and insightful um to me and um although I, I have to say i'm not one of those folks that um that thinks or, or or that has sort of like a dystopian view or or is pessimistic about the future of the internet i think there are a lot of things wrong with the web but then again like this is a new tool that we've all just like over the last 10 years we've all kind of looked up and been like oh shit <laughs> like there's a lot of like problems that come along with this tool, and I think now it's our social responsibility to make some adjustments and and to fix a lot of those problems. Which I, you know I think I think we will do. Humans are so good at that. You know we we see problems, we fix them. Um, so I I think we'll address those things over time. Um, and I I agree with you. I think the you know the as it's become more and more adopted, it's become very clear that um, you know it's not this perfect utopia that we all. We all dreamt
1: of. Yeah, we all thought maybe it would. It would be if there's a problem with the way I stated it. It's the. It's the idea that I don't mean to say there were not problems when it was a subculture. There absolutely were, but they were different problems. And I think what I'm trying to hit on is some of the things that were advantages, that were perks in the in the smaller days, are the problems now. Uh, Mm -hmm. And. And if we solve those problems, like you say, I think, I think you're, it's very right for you to point out, if we solve those problems, then having a massively popular internet isn't necessarily a bad thing at all. It's, it's, it could be a very good thing. But let's take one example. One advantage in the olden days was I can be anonymous. I can say whatever I want. There are no rules that stop me. I can broadcast to everyone. All of those things I just said were things that people loved about Usenet, they loved about news mm. groups, mm. and are also the things people point at on Facebook and Twitter uh, and elsewhere as, like, look at these people. They can say whatever they want. They can be anonymous. They don't have to be beholden, and yet they can broadcast to everyone. Like, we've, we've gone from that being a, a cool thing to being something that c- causes issues.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about... Um you know the, the the way I like to sort of think about that is in the broad context of of human evolution and the constraints of of um, uh, of, of social interaction. Um, you know we've we've clearly um, developed over you know millions of years, um, and we have millions of years of, of evolutionary biology. Um, governing the laws of social interaction and and uh, you know uh, over millions of years we 've zigged and we 've zagged and we 've kind of created these beings that have functional relationships with each other and Then over the last decade, suddenly you strip away like all the physical cues, all the vocal cues, all the information that you get from like pitch and tone of voice and inflection and um, you know and all, all, all of our ability to like read another human being and all of the the sort of non data sense um and uh, and holy cow, now we've had only 10 years to deal with that. It took us millions of years to, like, yeah. become functional beings. Um, it may take a long time for us to figure out the dynamics of anonymous interaction at scale. Um, it's not surprising to me at all that uh, that it's such a shit show um, <laughs> only 10 years in to, like, trying to figure out this new system of social interaction.
1: Well, like you said, at scale, too. It's like, we not only stripped yeah. out all those things you talked about, but also now you're not limited by the size of your village or the number of people you run into in a day. you can Everybody can talk to everybody all the time, which brings that spam problem in of only a very small percentage of people can cause a big problem. There's only a small percentage of people that ever sent spam, but because (laughs) a small percentage of people responded to it, it was worth them doing. And so these two small percentages ended up to be a big inconvenience for everybody else.
2: Mm, That's an incredible insight, actually. I mean, I think about uh, I, yeah, I kind of think about the analog to that in the real world. Sometimes um, I would really love to to have someone do a a um, kind of like a consulting project, a, a market sizing project on physical junk mail, like the crap that gets sent Mm -hmm. out if you look at the time to design it the time to like print and manufacture the cost of the ink and the materials and the packaging the cost of the postage the cost of the mail person's time to take the envelope and put it like if you were to add all of that up For like, you know, what's equivalently like a 0.1 or 0.2% conversion rate on most of those. Like, I I don't don't know what the actual is. It's probably very small. Right. Um, Like, that is, that just feels like such a waste. It feels like so much um, energy and time and money going to something, to your point, that just, like, affects such a tiny number of people at the end of the day. And for everyone else, it's this huge inconvenience.
1: Yeah. And... The beauty of the internet has always been the lack of barriers the the, the to me anyway, it has been the i don 't have to ask a bunch of people and get a ton of permission. I can just go and do my thing mm. uh and and i don't need a massive amount of people to like it. Uh, if 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 you know the true five thousand fans or however you want to f- see it, if you get enough people interested it 's worth doing, so it can work in for you as well in a way that doesn 't necessarily have to inconvenience a lot of people but th- how how do we reconcile that with the current feelings that are permissionless is the problem. The fact that you know, you, you're you just out there thinking you can do whatever you want is the problem. We have copyright crackdowns and we have harassment crackdowns and, and all of these things are done with a positive motivation of I want to make the world a better place mm-hmm. but they are also running up against the thing that has allowed us to create a lot of the things that are amazing about the internet.
2: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean I like to think of it as just you know um, the, the, the trade-offs of of the internet. And, and you know the thing that you said um, about you know, thousand true fans, to me, um, look, I don't want to say that makes everything worth it. Um, but the, the ability for a human being to have their voice heard when there's something important, like either they're really good at something or they saw something that's important or they're holding somebody accountable um, to good behavior or um, or they have interesting art that they wanna share with the world. Um, the accessibility um, of and our ability to now do that uh, is just so motivating and exciting to me and just for, like from a species level like the fact that our species cracked the code I'm like oh my gosh there's something important here and now we have the distribution channel to like get that out to every other member of our species on the planet like wow that is that is such a, a wonderful thing and it's going to come along with a lot of problems and trade-offs and um, I, you know still I'm still in the camp that I think it's the right trade to make for now and let's solve the other problems that come along with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the other, like you say, it's worth the trade off because it allows people to do things that they've never been able to do before. Do yeah. you worry, though, that in the course of fixing these problems that need to be fixed, uh, in combination with the fact that we see the consolidation of a lot of the operation of the internet under a few companies. Uh, yeah, depending on which acronym, uh, it could be Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, maybe Microsoft, maybe Netflix. Uh, but but you know, you Gafa, Gangfa, I've seen Fang. I've seen I've seen them all. Uh, but it's it's a small number of companies starting to provide like oh well if you want to make video youtube or amazon's twitch those you know google or amazon those are the ways if you want to if you want to publish audio uh it's got to be on spotify or on siri or you know on apple do you worry that we're going we're not going to be able to make our way independently outside of that is that going to keep getting more and more consolidated
2: I do worry about that. Um, I don't know what the answer is to that, but yeah, I mean, I think um, in w- with technology companies, especially, I-, I do think that there is something um, like fundamentally different when it comes to the dynamics of automation and its effect on winner-take-all economies. Um, I think automation um, augments the the uh, uh, tendency toward winner-take-all sorts of situations, which I think um, explains a lot of the consolidation that we're seeing. And it's, I think, yeah, it's. Um, look, there can still be competitors that emerge, and um, you know, I, I believe in a free market. I believe in competition. I believe in all those things. And um, and still, like you're right, there's something that feels very weird about the level of control. Um, now, I, I we need to separate that weirdness and that problem, at least from my from my standpoint, from like something around the politics of like the government controlling those things. Like I, I you know, that that to me um, is an equally bad solution. <laughs> so well, I don't, you're I don't trading
1: one control for another. There. You're yeah.
2: trading one control for the other. So, yeah, what the solution is, I don't know. But but I agree with you that like it definitely it definitely feels a little scary. Yeah, it's like it's scary.
1: And, and I think what's scary is we've it's not the first time the Internet has run into a problem like that. Uh, we had AOL, you know, way yeah. back in the day. Was, yeah. uh, I remember a lot of people saying, AOL is going to end the internet because they're building this walled garden. And of course, it didn't work because people are like, well, but I want the things that are outside the walls. Uh, and, and and when I say it didn't work, I mean, it didn't end up having that effect. Uh, AOL worked fine for a long time, it still exists. I I think this is the first time we've seen it at scale. And so I hear a lot of people who used to say, well, don't worry, you can't. Control the internet. The internet always routes around. Like I said, saying yeah. I don't know. Maybe this time it can't. Maybe this time it's met its match. Maybe these mm-hmm. walls are too high to scale.
2: Yeah, I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? What do you say? Like, I de- like. I definitely have. I definitely share those concerns. Um, I. I think. Um, I'm starting to think of the internet more and more as. Um, uh, not the internet, but. Uh, the reflection of humanity. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
2: The internet really is starting to feel like an organism. And um, to quote Jurassic Park, nature finds a way. (laughs) Um, So, um, so I would say, even if we try to control it, nature is going to find a way. Like there's, and I I think that's one of the beauties about the internet is it does reflect, um, you know, organisms. And and I, and I do think, um, I do think that, that it will find a way (laughs) Uh, or, or, It's just it's going to kind of evolve into something that that is beneficial. Again, maybe I'm that's me, the eternal optimist speaking. But um, even if we can't see it right now, that's that's just kind of my gut on it.
1: Yeah. As long as the dinosaurs don't break free of, of, of yeah. the park. As long as the nature doesn't <laughs> find out. No, I I think that's fascinating it, it, because maybe the reason it feels different is because the Internet is closer than ever to mimicking humanity and humanity yeah. has always had large institutions and small institutions. We've always had <laughs> mass culture and subculture. Mm-hmm. Uh, to oversimplify it,
2: control and yeah. government and and yeah, we've all, we've had those dynamics, and now they're manifesting within the internet. Yeah,
1: and and on the internet up till now, it's always been like, oh, something gets too centralized, we tear it apart. But maybe it's finally got to the part where you don't have to choose. There can be large things and small things. You just need to figure out
3: how that works. And right now, if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers.
0: Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI.
1: it feels like the the large things are overtaking everything but if you're right hopefully you're right i want you to be right nature finds <laughs> a way and yeah. we create an ecosystem out that that shares the space
2: right right yeah i um i mean that's i think we're starting to see um that uh I forgot who, who I saw a tweet recently, um, that showed, you know, the top 10 companies over a period of 10 years. Um, and then the next top 10 companies Mm. over the next period of 10 years. Um, and I think the hypothesis was that, uh, the top 10 companies are going to start sticking around, um, for longer. Okay. And I don't know. Um, I think because of this, like, because of the, 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 um, effect of, of like, uh, you know, automation and engineering and and its its ability to to keep companies on top. Um, I don't know if we're actually going to see that. Time time's going to tell. Yeah. Um, but um, but I guess on a, on on a little bit of a separate uh, point here, one of the reasons that I think um, uh, the internet is so um, quickly starting to reflect like gut. Humanity just like pure humanity Um, if you think about what all these platforms are doing especially social platforms, you know they're removing friction uh, uh, in the in the communication process Um, and in doing that if you do that well at scale you basically remove the gap you remove the Delta between what a person feels and thinks Mm -hmm. and And what they communicate to everyone else, like essentially, that's what these platforms are doing. They're trying to get exactly like let's just let's just take out all the friction. Whatever it is that you're thinking and feeling, like get it out in a post, send it to the rest of the world. And so now we're all like looking up and going like Oh my gosh, like (laughs) this is brutal.
1: (laughs) This is what people think. Yeah, Yeah. we're all like Jack Kerouacs, just (laughs) straight to (laughs) the
2: totally. Yeah, and everyone's got an opinion, and everybody's jumping into the ring and fighting and. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, but it's, to me, it's no surprise. Like that's, you know, that's what, that's what these companies are shooting for. You know, mm-hmm. their, their, their revenue is directly proportional to, to engagement, to time spent, you know?
1: Yeah. And, and, and I've seen so many articles about how that, how that machine is tuned to make you not be able to stop and, you know, to try to keep you going. And, and so that's, that's no surprise that that people do that. I think the other thing that I've noticed is a lot of times I will say something Very carefully written, because Mm -hmm. I know there are. You know, if there's room for misinterpretation, somebody's going to misinterpret it. Exactly. Still get someone reply with a misinterpretation because they're not considering just what I wrote. Exactly. They're they're seeing it in the context of everyone else in their timeline or everything else they've been reading that day on the news or hearing on the TV, and and so. What I said takes on a different meaning, depending on who read it and when
2: yeah i so that's such a tremendous insight tom i i I feel that more than ever right now and and actually, I think youtubers have had an early have had some early practice on mm. this of everybody's got an opinion yeah. <laughs> because you've had to deal with the comments section sure um, <laughs> uh, but um but yeah i you know. One thing, and, and especially around misinterpretation and communication, one thing I think folks forget is that language itself is a completely imperfect mm-hmm. model of thought. It is a very low fidelity, in fact, it's a low fidelity model of an idea of, of a truth, of physics, and, um, and I think we see that low fidelity of language manifesting all the time now on the internet. Somebody says something, or not just the internet, even in your day-to-day interaction, I'm starting to realize, oh my gosh, I said this, that person interpreted that in some completely different way than what my intention was, because the, the medium of communication is a summary, it's a compressed version of, of the actual uh, reality.
1: Yeah, and everyone becomes a mini lawyer uh, and says, yes. Well, you said these are your words, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Again, that brings us back to sort of the idea of like tone and inflection, and there is so much information um, in in that and um, in tone, in inflection, in passion, um, in how much sweat is on my brow and how many times I'm blinking as I say that. And if my voice is stuttering, right, there's like so much information in all the nonverbal um, elements of communication. And a lot of that gets completely lost on the web.
1: Yeah. And I think you're right. We'll get better at it. People will start to Grow up in a world where you have to realize, oh, written communication doesn't have those emotions, and I I shouldn't react that way. And, the, you know, that'll be part of childhood for people, right, is learning that, learning that totally. lesson. Right now, we're all children in that respect. We're all yeah. growing up. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're all dealing with something really freaking weird for the first time. And I think we we often, like, it's become so normalized over the last 10 years, we forget how weird it is. But, like, to strip away all of that extra information from a social interaction, that's, like – crazy that's really amazing i'm surprised we're functioning as well as we are
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's actually a really good point like you know i mean things things as well and this it sheds light on things as as bad as it seems is sort of a thing based on the fact that you read everybody else telling you that things are bad when objectively like if you like shut off your screen and be like do i have enough to eat do i have shelter am i you know do i have friends i mean yeah some of you don't, and I, and that's that's different. But the majority yeah. of people are like, yeah, actually, you know, I'm I'm not living in the Middle Ages with leprosy out in the mud in a colony, right. you know, I'm doing right. all right.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the reasons it feels so bad to people because you can't. I mean, we, we can't like dispute that. Like everybody talks about, like, you know, why is 2016, 20, so Why is it so shitty? Well, I mean, actually, there's a lot of reasons it's shitty. But I think I think one of the reasons, um, you know, is that for the, you know, for really the first time, um, at scale, at least, um, everyone is an investigative reporter Uh and now like we've poked holes in the black box and we can see all of the bullshit that's happening. Um, we know about the gross behavior. We know about the oppression. We know about, um, all of these things that like, that were like, um, it's not that they were being uh it's not that they were being forced down before, although some folks were trying to force them down, but there was no magnifying glass shining on them and if anything you know I think social media has been poking holes in the black box and giving just letting people know about all the crap that's actually going on and it turns out there's a lot of crap going on um it's not that twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen is any worse than um previous years it's that like for the first time we know how bad it is and like that's really important. I think we should know how bad it is. It's going to feel bad to, to find that out, but it's really important. It's the first step in making it better.
1: Totally. And and right now we're dealing with the fact that there isn't the natural filter on it. It used to be you only found out how bad it was when Walter Cronkite told you at six exactly. o'clock. Right Ugh. now exactly. you can find out how bad it is anytime you want at these services that, as you pointed out earlier, are dedicated to making you pay attention all the time. Yeah. So it's going to amplify it. Uh, I think about my Uncle Harry a lot. He gave me a pamphlet about how Jimmy Carter was the Antichrist when I was a kid. (laughs) And I was like, this is really weird. And my dad's like, don't pay any attention to that. And that was the end. (laughs) Nowadays, there are, you know, Uncle Harry is available 24-7 and, and, you know, and and in your face. Like, you can't get away from it.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, You know, I uh, I think the platforms are starting to really take that seriously. I mean, I know that's a little bit of an unpopular opinion. I know a lot Mm -hmm. of folks um, uh, don't believe in in leadership in those companies. Um, You know, look, I have plenty of problems with those companies, um, but I do trust that leadership there. And I, and I know some of the folks, you know, I, I, I do trust that they're good people and they care about this stuff and they want to fix it. Um, and, you know, I, I hope we start to see Facebook put its money where its mouth is in terms of like community building. I don't, I don't know that they're going to have success, but um, but I hope they do at least what they say they want to do. Yeah. That would be really great.
1: Well, the, the tricky part is I don't think anyone knows how to fix it properly inside or outside Facebook. Like it's all experimental now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So even if your heart's in the right place, which it very well may be, what you try might not work. And then people are going to point and like, see, we told you they didn't want to fix it. And it's like, well, no, maybe they just tried something and it didn't work. So, you know, there's a lot, that needs to happen i i put a lot of my hopes in experiments with the decentralized internet uh, mm-hmm. not just blockchain stuff but but a lot of the web th- so-called web 3.0 stuff totally. that maybe one of those things is going to catch on and and provide an alternative and and the the companies that exist if they take advantage of it will benefit that from that and if they don't they'll be the next friendster but you know that's gonna <laughs> happen.
2: yeah i i i am um, i'm actually really excited about about um you know, blockchain and, um, and cryptocurrency. And, um, I'm excited to see what that's going I don't, I am not invested in any of that and I don't own any cryptocurrency. Um, uh, just cause what, what's exciting to me is not the financial ramifications of those things. Um, I, I don't view them as investment opportunities. I'm just excited about the, the technology and, and what it could mean for the world.
1: Yeah. because um, the big advantage that the big companies have is centralized servers. And if blockchain yeah. suddenly, you know, is able to eventually make that, less of an advantage, that changes Mm -hmm. a lot of things.
2: Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's a really, God, it's such an exciting time. I mean, I'm I'm sure people sort of feel like that whenever they're alive, but um, what a weird, exciting, (laughs) crazy moment to be alive in human history, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jack, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to to have this second part of our chat. This is really fun. Of course. Thanks, Tom. Anytime. Uh, If folks want to follow you, find out more about what you got going on, where should they go?
2: Uh, just at Jack Conti on Twitter. That's, that's my, that's my platform of choice.
1: Excellent. Uh, and of course, uh, Jack is the head of patreon.com and you can support this show at patreon.com slash DTNS. You get these episodes early if you do, and everybody else, uh, gets them in the public feed at com. Talk to you next time.
0: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more
3: at FrogPants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools,